Welcome to the 3D Disciples Podcast, Summer Edition, where we're working together to develop disciples who display God's love as we deploy into God's world. We've come to the close of season one, but we'll be dropping an episode at the beginning of June, July, and August. These will be a toss-up of Jason's sermons, big picture ideas, and some lighthearted topics. While we're on break, though, this could be a great time to check out the 3D Sermon series. In case you aren't aware, the FBC Clarion Sermons podcast hosts a cut-down version of our worship services that includes sermons only. I was able to find these podcasts by clicking watch at the top of fbcclarion.com. And y'all that watch on YouTube, you know what you're doing and where to find the sermons. Same place as always. In September, we'll be back in action with season two. It's payback time. Oh, goody. (laughs) I know you're normally in the hot seat, but this is a different kind of hot seat today. We're going to learn about a day in the life of the pastor, Jason Hunter. (laughs) Um, So I'm just going to ask you a series of questions. Feel free to just be honest. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Do people act differently around you since you're a pastor? Yes. (laughs) In what what way? Uh, It's become... uh, uh, I recently shared this with the congregation um, yeah. that, you know, I don't, I prefer to just be called Jason. Some of them out of, out of respect for the position, out of, you know, care for, for whatever. And they have to call me something. So they, you know, I, I, I can deal with Pastor Jason. Um, I ask them, never call me Reverend. Uh, that, that one gets on my nerves. And but when I meet people, just refer to me as Jason because I have story after story after story, where I, I, I just it's, I'm just Jason, you know. And I, I fill a position, a particular position in mm-hmm. the body of Christ that God's called me to fulfill. But that doesn't make me special or more important than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And um, and I really like people. I want to talk to people <laughs> as they are. I want to be real with people, yeah. and I want people to be real with me. Mm-hmm. And as soon as somebody says, Pastor Jason, conversations turn, uh, conversations stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've literally, I was in a hospital one time, and, uh, and you know, and I always dress Pretty casual, blue jeans, a t-shirt, you know, that's just how I am. That's who I am. Usually dirty. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and I walked into this hospital to visit somebody. The people I knew, the the person in the hospital was a church member, and the people, their family that knew me was in the hospital. So I just kind of walked up, and there was a crowd outside their room, a group of five or six people. And so I just kind of stepped up, and they were talking, and, and, you know, I just kind of chimed in a little bit, and... It was colorful, and they were sharing things, and then the person who knew me came out and said, oh, Pastor Jason, you got here. And like three of them left the circle and went to the waiting room. (laughs) (laughs) The other three was like, it was like, oh, it's so nice we're having weather today. You know, the (laughs) conversation's changed, and, you know, and and that's happened repeatedly. I I, I won't tell the funny story. If you want to hear the really funny story, you'll you'll have to find the the sermon where I talked about what happened on the golf course. Uh, there's a there's a story on the golf course that is the epitome of how people change when they find out <laughs> about me being a pastor. Yeah. And so I told that Sunday one day, so you'll have to look that one up yeah. online if you want to see that one, <laughs> hear that story. Have you learned to accept that, or does that still frustrate you? It, it frustrates me. Yeah. I mean, it really does. Just because, um, here's another classic example. It's like... Um, I'll be at 
one of my kids games some event that they're at and mm-hmm. so all the other parents are there and and they're not all the other parents aren't necessarily christians or believers at all yeah. um you know and uh so it'll be a football game and they'll get a little loose with their with their language or you know or some other event and and they'll always look at me and go i'm sorry I'm like, why <laughs> are you pause like well, you weren't cussing at me yeah <laughs> you know you know i mean like why are you apologizing to me you know like i'm just jason and mm-hmm. and i can handle it i mean i'm not offended really by that you know I, yeah. I mean i expect i expect people who aren't believers to act like unbelievers mm-hmm. and so because that's my expectation i don't get mad at them when they act like that it doesn't offend me i'm not like going to run, you know, put my hands over my ears and run out screaming and yeah. and that kind of stuff. I just want to, you know, I'm like, okay, that's how you talk. Okay. I'm, yeah. I still like you, you know, <laughs> it's, it's okay. And, uh, and I, I want to get to know people and, um, and that, that it, it is a giant barrier for me. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of leads into another question that I had near the end, but I'll ask it now. Um, when you say you want to get to know people, like you, you've said many times that you want to be a pastor who's available, like not just someone that they listen to online because we yeah. have the online campus, but we want you to be able to reach back right. in through the screen to you. And you said you email, phone calls. Um, I just personal side note, I phone called you one time um, because my husband and I got married during COVID and everything kept changing and changing and changing. And I was like, okay, if we just have our minister and myself and my husband, we'll get married. Well, our minister calls five days before the wedding and says, I just tested positive for COVID. I'm not sure if I can marry you guys. So I called you up that day and was like, is there any chance you'd be willing to marry us if we need it? And you answered and it was like right down the street from your house. You're like, I I can make it work, you know, just let me know. So anyways, so that was an emergency situation and I'm sure you get emergency calls a lot. Um, But is there, would you like it to, and maybe you do get this happens a lot where you get a lot of phone calls that aren't emergency like and how much more of those conversations do you want um i don't get a lot that aren't emergencies yeah i would love to have plenty more just hey i just got this question what does drive me crazy another thing that drives me <laughs> crazy is a lot often when people have emergencies they apologize to me mm. you know and then the the one so here's the one line um that really like I don't know. It's a pet peeve, I guess. They'll, I know you got so many other thing, important things to do than, yeah. than me. And, you know, and, and so everybody's like, you're so busy and you've got other important things to do. And I'm like, no, I don't. You know, like you, if you have a need, that's like the most important thing in my world right now. Yeah. You know, and if I have something that's more important than that, then I'm going to say, well, you know, I have this thing, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, yeah. I'll be honest about that. Um, but there's so many people, they, they, I don't know if they feel ashamed to come to me or they feel like they're putting me out. Um, and, and to be quite honest with you, this is, this is my philosophy of ministry. I do a lot of things that I honestly, because of my job or my job description or because of, of whatever, um, my position, I do a lot of things that I don't feel like in in the eternal perspective really matter a whole lot. Mm -hmm. But being with people and talking with people and caring for people, especially when they feel like they have a need, 
um, or have a care or have a question that I feel like matters. Mm -hmm. And it's the thing I like to do the most. most, And, And no matter how yucky, dirty, you know, I, I I like to be in the mud and the muck with people's lives because yeah. I, that's where I see Jesus, you know, he, his best interactions are with people in the worst situations. Yeah. And, and that's where the, the love of Christ is displayed the most. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think sometimes just being a presence of God in those really bad situations is not that I have the answers. Like one of my favorite lines now. This this is something that, that I, I I tell people pretty often now, is I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know why it's happening. All I can tell you is I'll be there and we'll hold hands and we'll walk through it together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's lots of times that's all all I can do. But that's that matters to me, and I'll put off a whole lot of stuff to to do those things and so i wish people felt comfortable mm-hmm. uh doing that not feeling like they were a trouble or a burden yeah um I, that's that's really what i wish people understood that that no that makes my day most of the time <laughs> yeah i mean that was i mean a follow-up question was like does do you have spiritual growth when people call you outside of just emergencies just in questions when they actually reach out i would think that that helps your spirit grow as well oh yeah that that recharges me Mm -hmm. that recharges me somebody's got a bible question and they've got you know whatever and they they come and talk about it uh in a sincere way (laughs) true uh some people like to ask questions because they want to correct me or want to paint me in a corner or they're you know, they're not real questions. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's an agenda behind those questions. Those I could do without, but but sincere questions and and open questions and honest questions that usually recharges me. It makes my day feel like it mattered. Yeah, yeah. So listeners, make Jason feel like his day mattered. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out. Um, so, what's the hardest part about being a pastor then? Uh, expectations. Hmm. Ever read the job description of a pastor? No. Uh, it's I'm not Everyone sure. Everyone writes their own. I'm. Guessing. I'm not sure. G, no, the churches write them. They have all these. Oh. You should just Google pastor job searches and oh. start to look at what they expect out of pastors. Oh my. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not sure Jesus could fulfill most churches' expectations <laughs> anymore. Um, they, you know, you need to be everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, always available, yeah. always, always. You know, with the right answer. Um, you know that. There's a lot of written and there's a lot of unwritten expectations and um, they're, it's a hard, that's the hardest part is, yeah. is meeting. And especially for someone who wants to please people, yeah. meeting everybody's expectations is, is difficult. And, you know, you think about it, you got a hundred people here. All hundred have a different one, have a different set of expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so by the time you put yeah. them all together, everything's expected. Yeah. I mean, just to be honest. Yeah. And then do you have a favorite book in the Bible or like a favorite story? Uh, favorite book, favorite story. Um, sure, but it changes from <laughs> week to week. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, my favorite story, um, I, I love the creation story. I love the first three books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably why, if you've not noticed, I talk about those quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the whole 
the whole understanding of everything that happens I find in the first 11 chapters of the Bible. Yeah. And, and I love those, those stories. I love the story of Joseph particularly, mm-hmm. uh, because Joseph is the old Testament character. That's the most like Jesus in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with the closing line, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. You know, that, that encapsulates the gospel of, of Christ, yeah, yeah. Um, what Satan meant for evil and the world meant for evil, God meant for good, meaning the crucifixion and that of Christ. Um, so those are, those are some of my favorite portions of the Bible, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I got so many favorites. I love, <laughs> I love the last three. So I got uh, the book I dislike the most. Oh, okay. I can, Give I can it. tell you yeah. that one is Job. Oh, Job drives me insane mm. because it's a 38 chapter argument. Oh, yeah. For people, and it gets nowhere mm. until the last three chapters. Now, the last three chapters of Job <laughs> are some of my favorite. Yeah, when God comes on the uh, scene. Yeah, when God right? comes on the scene and starts to like, where were you when mm-hmm. I did this? And where were you when I did this? You know, and Job's like, okay, well, I'm just going to shut up now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, I've spoken too much. Yeah. But the the first, the, the first 37, 36, whatever chapters it is, where it's just the, the argument, I'd rather read numbers and, and, and keep up with a genealogy than to read Those you know, these guys fighting with each other and all of them are missing it. Yeah. And that one, that's the one I like. So whenever I read my Bible through, yeah. you know, I keep track of that. I always get Job out of the way first just so I can be done with that. <laughs> really? I would have never have guessed that. That's so funny. Well, one of the other questions I had, which you've basically answered is if, do you have it all figured out? And a kind of your story about Joe would mean like, no, I'm just going to wait to the last three chapters for God to tell me <laughs> right. how it all really goes because I don't know. Oh no, I yeah. definitely don't have it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, um, has your opinion changed about anything since you graduated seminary? Um, yeah, yeah. about, about quite a few things, I guess. Um, one of the things that, that the, my opinion changed through seminary um, actually led me here, mm-hmm. um, is I grew to believe much more staunchly in the, what I see as the polity of the Bible, elders and deacons as, as leaders of the church, and that there should be a multiplicity of elders. Again, back to the expectations. I, my first church I served in, I was the only pastor, the only elder. And then I had a group of deacons below that, below that, um, they kind of function like elders, which left us deaconless. Yeah. Um, you know, so some of that. So I became really convinced through seminary that having a plurality of elders, because no one can live up to the expectations. No one person has all the talents, all the knowledge, all the foresight, all the wisdom. You know, some people are great administrators. Some people aren't. Some are great communicators. Some people, mm-hmm. you know, no one person houses all of that. And so it takes it takes a team, yeah. uh, it takes a group um, to really function properly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I became very convinced of that. And that's actually what led me into uh, being here is because... Did we have that established? Kind yeah, of? yeah. It, it, uh, the church had moved to an eldership and a deacon, the elder board and the deacon board. And uh, that, that lined up with my how I interpret the scriptures a whole lot more. And so that led me here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm less dogmatic about uh, modes of baptism than I was at one point. <laughs> yeah. uh, do I, I think immersion is still best, but 
if I needed to sprinkle somebody, I would, yeah. you know, in given particular case yeah. uh, or situation. Uh, so I wouldn't fight over that mm-hmm. um, anymore. Uh, when you're young, you, everything is a hill to die on. As you, <laughs> as you, as you get older, you, you, you mellow. And then there's lots of questions I'm still wrestling with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's funny. I, I just told somebody, I can't remember what it was about, but I said, well, you asked me on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to have one answer. You asked me Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a different answer <laughs> yeah. because I'm yeah. still figuring that one out. And I'm not sure where I'm at on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then can you break down by percentage, like how much time per week you devote to preparing sermons, ministering or meeting with this church leadership team that you're talking about? Um, and just basic self-care. So there's one, two, three, four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, What's the time you spend the least on, I guess? We'll self-care. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the running joke around the office is um, my day off mm-hmm. um, because I have tried every day of the week to be a functional day off at some point or another. Mm-hmm. I've moved it around to see what fits the flow of the schedule that I end up having. And, and very often I'm in the office on my day off, yeah. whatever day that may be. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so that's, um, that's probably my, the, the thing I do the, the worst at is, <laughs> is, is doing that. Okay. Um, sermon prep, uh, can depend quite a bit on, uh, what other thing, yeah. what other thing comes, comes up and happens. Um, I have a method I like to use. I like to, so that's why my days keep changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like to come in on Monday and like kind of get the scripture, get the idea and let it marinate, read it a few times, kind of start forming outlines because I, I work on those things like in the shower every morning or when I'm laying in bed at night trying to fall asleep, I'm, my brain just doesn't shut down mm-hmm. um, very well. And so I'm constantly thinking about illustrations and points and how he yeah. think I can repeat them in my head. So it'd be hard to put like a solid percentage. Yeah, it's on hard that. really, but, um, I, I probably spend eight hours, one eight hour period a week, really sitting down at the, at the computer yeah. writing, you know, putting my notes together, forming the slideshow. Um, I wish I could do more than that, mm-hmm. but the other, other things that I'm involved with, yeah. um, but the, the Lord and I have a good working relationship on that. I can mm-hmm. I, I've grown in being able to sense what He wants me to preach about. Mm. Like like even to this today, I was working on sermons and I had two um, that I was working on, and it's like I can I don't know how to describe this. It sounds weird, um, and I don't want it to sound super spiritual or crazy. Um, <laughs> okay. But it's like I have a sense, like this is the, there's just a sense about this is the one you need to work on. Mm-hmm. I was waffling between two scriptures and, and one's like, yeah, but not quite. Yeah. That one may be over here, but this is the one. Let's, let's, let's dig into this one. And it just, there's a, a sense about it. Um, and then ministering. Ministering. Well, that depends on what you call ministering. Okay. And there's the million dollar question. Oh. Um, and uh, again, so back to the expectations, back to, you know, what is ministering? Is ministering sitting in my office waiting for somebody to walk in the door? Mm-hmm. Um, th- you know, or is ministering me 
being on the golf course with with someone who is far away from God or far away from the church or on the cusp of being in the church and mm-hmm. and the only place they'll really open up and be honest with you is while you're playing around the golf mm. you know uh, and it's hard to tell people that that's ministering yeah. <laughs> it really is yeah. um, or you know spending three hours in a coffee shop somewhere you know talking with people is yeah. that ministering I, mean, I almost feel like that deploy action step or just deploy d where you're taking your lantern with you everywhere you go like yeah. you're ministering all the time yeah i mean and that's really what we should be doing all yeah. of us but so what you define by ministry uh the one that you didn't put in there mm. i'm sure there's administration oh yeah i missed that <laughs> uh and so that's uh that's probably the part i'm the weakest at um and it does take up some time of you know organizing picnics and talking with mm. you know committees and yeah. setting up elder meetings and having pastor reviews and looking at you get reviewed every year Ooh. you know uh know yep uh looking at curriculum yeah. finding you know all that stuff mm-hmm. you know that i won't say it's unimportant but again it it's doesn't affect eternity like actual ministry where yeah. you're actually engaging in somebody's life and being part of their right. life. But we'd fall apart if we didn't have some form of like structure. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah. It, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. And then if you could do any other job, what would it be? Um, there's only one that I've experienced that, that I really loved. Um, and that was working in the therapeutic wilderness camping. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought, um, that that was my calling in life to, to be a director of a camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's never came to fruition. Um, and I, I have my suspicions of why that was, um, when I was younger, I was, uh, very impatient and I, uh, ambition can be a great thing mm-hmm. and it can be a very bad thing at the same time. And, and when I was younger, I was, I was always kind of ambitious and I, I wanted to see what was around the next corner. I wanted to get there quicker. I wanted to succeed faster. Mm-hmm. And so it led me to being impatient. And because I was impatient, I made decisions quickly and rashly um, and okay. probably shot myself in the foot in that part. I probably would have ended up being that. Um, I, I, I believe that there's uh so here's a, here's a, we're past time, but here's a really crazy idea. Some people argue that God's will is a dot, like one specific thing. Like okay. if you, this is God's will, this one dot. Mm. And then some people argue that God's will can be a circle that mm. has multiple dots with inside of it. Okay. And like you can do this and completely be in God's will and you can do this and be completely in God's will. Mm-hmm. And, and so vocations might be one of those things where yeah. like I could have directed a camp and God would be perfectly fine and would have, would have blessed that and been, that would have been in God's will. Mm-hmm. Or I could have been a pastor and I'm still in God's will. Mm-hmm. And that like, may not be one thing. So that's one of those questions that I still, you ask me on one day, <laughs> I'm going to give you one answer, ask me on another day. I'll, you know, that's one yeah. of those things I don't have figured out. I know the question. I know the debate. Yeah. Um, but I, I wrestle with it over and over in my mind on, yeah. on certain things in life. Yeah, Maybe it's a little bit of both. Like I'm sure certain things where God's like, I really want you to do this. Yeah. Other things he's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. And freedom. so, yeah, no. yeah. And so that, so yeah, so that's part of the question. So anyway, that's the, that's the one thing I, I, I would have loved to have done. I was, I enjoyed a, a great deal. Um, 
I enjoy what I do now uh, very, very much. Yeah. Well, thank you for being just Jason. <laughs> this is the day in the life of our Jason. <laughs> I've never seen a whole hog roasted before. So that was pretty cool. Did you guys do that a lot down south? Yeah, we yeah. did it as a family. Yeah. We'd go kill the hog. Oh, would you? <laughs> yeah, in the oh, yard. Yeah, you know, my grandpa's pen, and then we'd <laughs> either cook it or make sausage and bacon and everything else out of it. Yeah. Well, we're doing the pig picking again. Yeah. You know, the time around the pond, this beautiful setting. Mm-hmm. It's just chill. We should have a fishing yeah. tournament because there's fishing poles there, right? Uh, no. Or do you have to wait. bring your own? You have to bring your own. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to bring your fishing pole. That would be bad. I usually win fishing tournaments. Oh. <laughs> I'd be disqualified. <laughs> Learn something new about you there. Okay, I did I that on the pier one time with Shelly. I like took her like had this big thing. We're going to take her on this pier. We're going to go fishing. And it's going to be this great thing. And literally, she was fishing right beside me. Uh-huh. The same bait, showing her how to fish it the same way. And I caught like... 13 fish and she caught none i was like How does this and she's like what are you doing i'm like this like like you're doing and i like do it slower she's like i'm doing it slower i'm doing it faster i'm doing it faster i'm like i don't know what to tell you we're, <laughs> we're literally standing shoulder to shoulder casting into the ocean at the exact same spot with the exact same bait fishing it the exact same way and i'm catching and so finally she got mad and went and sat down I'm never fishing with you again on the pier, ever, 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 ever. So don't fish with you. I just can't help it. I just catch fish. I just do. (laughs) I feel like now that you bragged about it, it's just yeah. It's probably, but I mean, but it just is. I like. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Well, one of our greatest desires here at First Baptist Church is to get to know people, and one of the best ways to do that is just kind of come hang out. So we have this great opportunity this summer. Uh, on August the 19th, we have our church-wide picnic. Uh, you can get all the information on our website, fbcclarion.com, of the where's and the when's and the what for's. But we just really would like to ask you, if, if you're interested in getting to know us better, learn who we are, and give us a chance to get to know you, we invite you to come to the picnic. There'll be a hog roast, at least, and lots of food and some games. There's a nice pond, some time to fish, and some do a little kayaking around or canoeing around the pond and uh, it's just a really slow paced time sit down and uh, talk with one another so we invite you to our picnic on august 19th i hope we all continue to develop as disciples who can display god's love as we deploy into god's world